Welcome, everybody, to episode number four of the Tea with Miss McGill podcast. And if you were listening last week, we came up with some pretty big news. We were allowed onto the Apple platform and the Spotify platform and some of the other podcasts I've done in the past. It took us months to get there. We got there in just a few weeks. Thanks to all of you. So we encourage you, you know, subscribe, write a review. That just kind of helps us on the business side. Of course, if you like the show, you know, don't be afraid to share it with your buddies and, you know, people that are into hockey, we'd really appreciate that. Uh, we'd like to take a minute here to thank some of our partners, as we always do. And this week, it's nothing but hemp. So if you are having issues with, you know, sleep or pain or anxiety, CBD oils is something that you should consider. And nothing but hemp is the place to go. We'll have all their information down in the uh, show uh, notes. So like I said, hemp oils, capsules, gummies, topicals, even, you know, pet products like CBD for your dog and stuff if they're going hyper. Uh, it's all there. And actually, the ownership of this group, uh, there's actually some Iron Range roots, so I don't want to get too into detail there, but it's, it's kind of cool. So, like I said, nothing about hemp. Go to the show notes. Check that out. Now, if you're in the Twin Cities, they actually have same-day delivery for some locations, so you can uh, order, and like I said, they will shoot it off to you. So, and then I guess along those lines, folks, if you are, you know, our numbers are kind of getting up there. If you'd like to partner with us, either, you know, slide a DM over to me or to Reed, or you can email us at goatsportsmediallc at gmail, goatsportsmediallc. And, you know, we can kind of take care of you and have that conversation. Uh, so now I want to bring in Coach Reed Larson. Uh, how are we doing, Reed? Oh, just phenomenal, Puka. Been a great week of hockey, and I'm looking forward to uh, sharing that with sharing that with our visitors uh, listening here to uh, the tea with Miss McGill. Yeah, well, yeah. Let's get right into it. We had the big rivalry game last week, the day after we last talked, Eveleth and Virginia. I did catch a little bit of that. Uh, I think you probably did a lot more. What are you thinking on the? Uh, you know, what were your thoughts on this game? Well, yeah, we, we had a Mine 9 cast uh, over at the Miners Memorial Building at the Brie Cupoletti Arena, uh, where the Eveleth Gilbert Masabi East Golden Bears came over for what we kind of previewed last week could be one of the final matchups between this rivalry because they will be combining uh, within the next year or so that the, the jury is still out as to when that's going to happen, but they will be combining to make Rock Ridge uh, high school hockey. Uh, that's going to be a co-op of Eveleth Gilbert, Virginia, Mountain Iron Buell, as well as Masabi um, East. So there's going to be that big co-op there with those teams. And that's going to be the Rock Ridge Wolverines. Well, uh, that's in the future. And I had some conversations before the game with Eveleth Gilbert head coach, Jeff Terrell, just trying to feel them out. When are they talking about combining this? When are, when's it going to happen? Um, for now, the new arena, the Mech over in Virginia is being built. It's being built in the parking lot uh, over kind of where the old former Ewins football field used to be. They knocked that over last fall. They're currently in construction and it is ahead of schedule. It is likely to open next this coming up fall, the fall of 21, which means it should be ready for the season. 
Um, however, the high school that they're building, Rockridge High School, is not going to be ready until the fall of 2022. So they're not sure if they're going to combine the teams yet or not until they're in the same school. Uh, Jeff Terrell is on the rep board over in Eveleth, and they've had a lot of conversations, but no decisions have been made. Other sports, though, Puka have been joining already. Swim teams, some of the other thing, uh, teams have combined already, and some are making plans to combine next year. But hockey, the jury is still out. Henceforth, that rivalry may have a couple more meetings next season. This season, last Thursday, we had that on the call. It was a, an awesome atmosphere. However, it's a, it was somewhat sad because normally there are close to 2,000 people in the building. And it's sure. open. All you see is black and gold. All you see is blue and white. You have the bands. You have the pom-poms. You got all of that going, and you got very excited fans, and you had 150 people. It, yeah, that was that. <laughs> um, but you can't take away the excitement from the kids. It was a rivalry that went in the really what stole the show for the vast majority of the game was goaltender Ian Kangas for Virginia. He pitched the shutout. He had a, a number of opportunities uh, that Evelyn Gilbert had that he shut down. And Virginia was opportunistic uh, to bury. They buried one right away in the first period. That was a breakaway goal. Uh, by the Mananin kid. He scored on that one. And then it was kind of rolling the rest of the way. It was back and forth. But, uh, you know, they kept taking their momentum from their goaltender. So it was fun to watch. Uh, you know, though that rivalry is going to continue uh, for maybe another year, but it, it, it'll be sad to see it go. It's one of the oldest, if not, and I think Jeff Terrell told me this, if not the oldest rivalry in the state. Some people may argue that, but I will have to get my research clarified on that. Okay, we'll, well talk yeah. about another rivalry here in a minute, but that was fun to call on television, Puka. Um, and it, regardless of the lack of fans, everybody likes to watch a Virginia Evelyn Gilbert hockey game. Yeah, and and you know, like Bob Dylan, you know, taught us that the times they are a changing, and you know, I think it was. Was it two years ago when you did that game when it went into what the double or triple overtime? I think that was the first time I heard you on the mic. I'm like, geez, Reed, you're a natural. I didn't know for a while <laughs> it was you, but I, I think the students were, I don't think there was any, anyone sat down the whole game. And like I said, it was packed. And I mean, you could, you know, watching it, you could feel the energy and it was fantastic. And yeah, it's, it's sad that, you know, to see that kind of stuff go, but, and then the, the other thing that's coming to mind as you were talking what are they going to do about football this fall? I'm assuming maybe they're going to go over to the turf in Mountain Iron and play on that new field. Maybe I believe uh, you know. I believe you know for be renting time at uh, at uh, Mountain Iron, uh, likely at Masabi East. That's probably a little farther to travel. But the college there, uh, Masabi Community College, is going to be dealing with the same thing. They're going to be misplaced for a year. They're likely going to be renting space at uh, Mountain Iron or Masabi East. So they're going to make it work until the turf is built and the new facility, new high school. Uh, midway there is done. Okay. And then the other thing that leads is because I've had some conversations with some people from Eveleth is, you know, the, the fate of the hip, you know, because the hip is old and I've heard rumblings that the, you know, there are members of the city council that say, you know, we're, we're just putting too much money into this building for the amount of time it's being used, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, you know, historic building, lots of, of character, lots of tradition, lots of winning, lots of championships took place there. Uh, you know, it, it's, you know, cause I'm assuming, you know, 
you know, and I, you know, I know I shouldn't probably, but uh, you know, if you're gonna build a brand new arena in Virginia, I'm assuming most of the men's and women's high school hockey are gonna be played there. I could be wrong, but you know, it, it, like I said, it kind of it kind of leads to some questions about what potentially could happen to the hip. Well, that's actually a really good question, and, and we we don't all know the answer, um, but I'll tell you, it's uh, same way, maybe not to the same level, but. The same way a lot of people in Virginia felt about tearing down the miners. There's a lot of history that goes back. There's there's people that it's named after Bree Cupoletti, you know, pageant back rank. They're named after people, right? And there's it's close to people's heart. Uh, there are lots of people going, oh, you can't tear down that rink. That's going to be horrible. Um, but like you said, the times, they are a change. And uh, as much history is there, there's still so much more future ahead. And, uh, you know, you can look at it from both sides. Maybe they'll keep the Hippodrome. Uh, maybe they won't. Maybe they'll turn it into a museum, Puka. I don't know. But if when you walk into that <laughs> building, it smells like history. That's what it does. Oh, absolutely. And even a couple of movies filmed there. You know, we had the, the uh, what was it called? North, North Country, Country from about, what, 10, 15 years ago. And now they're there. Uh, I was at the Hip uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, there was – uh, papers up on the plexiglass for then the new movie that that's being uh, way of the warriors that's being filmed there now so not not only you know reality in the building but there's all this, this 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 movie production part of it that you know it's been a part of so yeah we'll definitely have to see what happens here down the road but uh, okay so that was last thursday and then let's move into last saturday a big matchup in double a hockey uh down in the cities uh, at Aldrich Arena, Hill Murray and the Grand Rapids Thunderhawks. And I know you were, I was able to catch that one on radio just a little bit. I actually fell asleep for part of it, but uh, you, uh, you've got some tidbits on that. Yeah, I, I was able to purchase it. I, I went on to the streaming. I paid the $5 to watch it. Uh, whatever Hill Murray is going to charge people to watch their games. There's some places that find a way to stream it for free, but it's Hill Murray. We'll pick on them a little bit, you know, Cake Town. That's their private school. For those that are mad at me for saying that, uh, you guys actually like it when we say that. So don't. <laughs> uh, they, uh, they charged and I paid and I paid to watch that game because I'm a big Thunderhawk fan. I'm part of the organization. I watched, I spent a lot of time watching that game and you've got uh at the time where the number five and number six ranked team, whatever they were, if it was four and five or five and six, they were piggybacking each other in the state rankings. Hill Murray was ranked ahead of Grand Rapids. So if it was five and number six, well, at the end of that game, number six came out on top. So that flip-flop yeah. this week now, Grand Rapids is either in the top three or the top four rankings of the state. Hill Murray bumped down a couple. Um, but that was a fun game to watch. You're watching two elite hockey games in the state of Minnesota, two teams that should be at the XL Energy Center at the end of the year if that state tournament happens at the XL Center. We're hoping that it does. Um, but those two teams will be there at the end of the year, most likely. Um, and they could meet each other in the first round. They could meet each other in the second round or even in the finals. And that's why that game is so important to people is they look at that and they say, well, what, why does it matter that Hill Murray and Grand Rapids play during the season? Well, when you know that you've got yourself uh, a squad for the year and you've got a really good shot at going to the state tournament, you have to win these games that are out of section and out of conference so that you can really put together uh, a fight and a case when it comes to being seated at the state tournament. So as of right now, head-to-head -head Grand Rapids, 
has has the upper hand in seeding. Um, of course, we've got so many more games left to go, uh, but they have the upper hand right now. They beat Hill Murray 2-1 to one in, in a nail-biter, and, uh, you know, we talked about it last week. Grand Rapids has undef- unbelievable defensemen. Hill Murray is on the same same ballpark when it comes to that. Their D are unbelievable. The difference in that hockey game, Puka, was is, is Rapids had the ability to get more quality chances to score, and that's kind of been the complaint from the Hill Murray community is, is we're really good defensively. We move the puck up the ice really good. They just haven't found a way to bury too many goals yet. Um, so yeah. it's you, you get that situation there. Rapids, un- <laughs> unbelievably, they've got some talent up front that can score goals, but they got their two goals in that game scored by two defensemen. The first goal was scored by a misdirect. It went off of a player, but it was a shot from the point from Sammy Sterl. Ends up in the back of the net. The game winner at the end of the game, shot from Jack Peart, their eventual first slash second round draft pick. Okay, that's the guy that got the game winner, and that's the guy that should get the game winner. But that was the nail biter, and it was an elite game uh, for the weekend and for the week. Everybody's kind of the spotlight game. You can see clips and pictures from that game in a, in a story on the Minnesota hockey hub. Yeah. Huge, huge for Rapids to be able to go on the road, get a win like that. I, I, I mean, when it, I know they played them. I think they played, did they play them to a tie last year? I'm just trying to think of, it was, I believe it was Rapids one goal game. Or maybe, maybe, uh, maybe it was Hill by one. I think it was scoreless until right yep. at the end. And I think, Hill might have, yeah, got nipped him in the end. Uh, but, yeah, f- listening to the radio, you heard Bonin's name. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm 99% sure that's that's Brian's uh, son because I know at one point I'd seen him at, at a, a rink once with, with my son when we were in Hibbing. Uh, they got him, and my son's a, a freshman, so they're around the same age. And then Godbout, you know, Jason Godbout's a guy my age, played for the Gophers. Uh, you know, I heard that Godbout name. Of course, he was a Hill Murray alumni too. So you know, just a, a few of the names and stuff like that, of course. Bonin went to White Bear, but he lives, and he currently lives. I actually been to his house. I I know a little bit, and he does live in White Bear. Uh, whereas as of about I don't know seven eight years ago, but um, you know just just hearing some of those names, it's you know it just doesn't change. I'm going to talk about that in one of our our next games that we're previewing here too. But um, and then I know uh, Easton Young they had said uh, went out with an injury, and I did have a text with his dad, but he said he's going to be okay. So that was a bit concerning uh on saturday but he kind of cleared that up within two hours of the game so i'm not exactly sure what happened but um it sounds like you know when they're back back uh on the ice he will rejoin the team that's the games puka that that teams want to play i mean hill murray wants to play that grand rapids team they know that they were strong this year they want to play them grand rapids wants to play last year's you know, last year's state championship double A team, they want to play them. That's that's one of those games that is is a statement game. Okay, this is we're for real. Absolutely, yeah. That was that was big. Like you said, that's you know, any really any time a, a team from up north here can go down and and win in the cities, it's it's still a, a pretty sure. big deal. You know, those programs. I mean, like you talked a little bit last week. We're talking a little bit about Hermantown. You start talking about the numbers in the program. You know. Um, you know, whatever, 50 kids in age group, maybe up here and you go on there and it's 150 or whatever. And, and I, I've got friends that live on, on the outskirts of the cities there, and, you know, no name programs like, like a Delano or, or Buffalo, or I shouldn't say Delano, Delano's actually done decent, but, you know, just say like a Buffalo and, and places like that, that, you know, weren't even, I mean, 20 years ago, were they even a town? I don't know, but, you know, they're just, you know, you start talking to someone and say, oh yeah, we have, you know, 200 mites or whatever. It's like 200 mites, you know, I mean, there's programs around here that have 
20 yeah. or 30. So it's still pretty incredible that we can go down and not just compete, but but actually get the well, win. That actually kind of so, brings up our, our next rivalry that we're talking about. You're talking about numbers for city teams. You're talking about, you know, numbers in the Iron Range in uh, northern Minnesota. And, you know, coming back to a, another rivalry game that just took place here the other night was a Roseau and a Warwood game. You're talking about two small-town communities one of them still continues to play double-A hockey. The other one plays single-A hockey. But it doesn't matter who's got the good team that year. It doesn't matter who has the up team or the down team that year. That is a rivalry. Another one that's one of the oldest ones out there. And it is always a battle when those two play. Cool. Yeah, and it sounds like, uh, unfortunately, last night was not as much of a battle. I see I was having some texts with a buddy of mine who was on the 1990 state championship team. And I think at one point I'd have to go back and relook at the text, but I think at one point it was five, nothing war. Now, mind you, this is in Roseau. Uh, the game ends up six, three. And my buddy just, yeah, he, he sent me a text. I said, well, give me a little recap after the game. He said, you know, world was just hungrier. They were quicker. He said they just have a bunch of speedy rink rats and Rosa who came into the, to the uh, game 10th and double a, he said they were just lazy, sloppy, and very undisciplined. So, but like I said, if they were down five nothing, they'd come back six to three. They did make somewhat. Well, you're, you're talking about two teams right now that two years ago both played in the state Bantam ter- state Bantam tournament. Uh, World mm-hmm. won uh, back. This group won back in the Pee Wee years. They played in the state tournament two years ago in the Bantam single A tournament. Rozo knocked off my Bantam team two years ago to go to the state double A tournament. So those okay. two teams are, are high-end level teams, and when, the, when they play, uh, it's usually a battle royal, but I'll tell you, there's a couple of guys on that Warroad team that are just phenomenal. The Shagabee kid is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay. And that's his brother? Did he have a brother that graduated last year? I think or that's was that him? him? Was he that young last year? Yep. Okay. Unreal. I think it was okay. a good creator last year. Okay. Okay, yeah, because I remember there was – because I watch Up North Hockey actually broadcast – from the gardens last year, the world rose when I was watching it. So I recognize that name. Yeah. Unreal. Okay. Well, how about, okay. So we were talking a little bit about last night's rivalry. I want to go back just a step here um, to last night to a game. So there was supposed to be a game between Grand Rapids and Duluth Denfeld. And you have some yeah, Grand Rapids and Denfeld were supposed to be playing two games over the course of the next two weeks. They're twice on Grand Rapids' schedule. So last night, Grand Rapids was supposed to play Denfeld in Duluth. And then next week, Denfeld was going to return the favor and come back on February 2nd to play Grand Rapids at the IRA Civic Center. And Denfeld was not able to play. Uh, They've got some COVID-19 issues in their organization, which has quarantined their team for 14 days. So uh, it's the inevitable that everybody's hoping doesn't happen in their situation. And just teams just have to keep their fingers crossed that it doesn't happen to them. I feel bad for Denfeld. I feel bad for the Rapids kids that didn't get to play those two games. Um, But I'll tell you, if if people are good about taking care of the mitigation processes that we need to do, they're wearing their masks, they're doing what they need to be doing to try and prevent these things, the social distancing from happening, we have to do the best we can. I'm sure Denfeld was doing everything they could to not get any kind of cases on their team, but they got some cases and they got shut down for 14 days. Unfortunately, we feel bad for them. Ah, oh, yeah, that's terrible, especially for those seniors. You already got a limited season. You already got a goofy. You're already have a limited and goofy season, and now 
you know, taking another pause. Uh, how about uh, you got some info on Cloquet? Yeah, Cloquet again. Now, this was another game that was two games in the last two weeks that they played. Uh, when we first did our, our very uh, first week of our My Nine stuff, we'd had some games. Uh, we didn't have Cloquet Virginia, but they they had a game last week and they played and in Cloquet and Virginia lost three to zero. Uh, and now this week they played again in Virginia. So Cloquet at Virginia and then Cloquet made it more of a, more of a, a whooping, so to speak. They beat them five to one over there in Virginia last night. That was a game that was on my nine. I was not able to call that game at, uh, last night. I was, uh, I had my own Bantam game last night at home. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I tuned into the Blue Jackets Broncos classic uh, Iron Range uh, IRC matchup from the Hibbing Memorial Arena. You know, Hibbing ended up coming out on top of that one. Uh, shots ended up getting a little lopsided uh, later in the game. But again, you know, I, I mentioned names earlier and, uh, you know, just, you know, listen to the, the Broncos, you know, uh, Tucker Hell, I'm assuming that's Derek Hell's son. Uh, Derek's an early 90s graduate. Owen Sether. Sether was a goalie in probably the mid 90s. And uh, Bill Mason's son, who's, you know, or yeah, Bill Mason's son, who would be Bob Mason's grandson on the International Falls team. And they have got a new coach this year, Chad Baldwin, a guy who I know, and I know he's got some kids involved in the youth program. So that's kind of nice to see because they've, you know, they've gone through a lot. They, you know, they, uh, um, was it uh, pretty man? It was a pretty man. I think coach pretty man. And then they had, I think Ross Johnson was in the seat there for a while. Then George McDonald, I think they had coach Erickson and now Baldwin. So they've really had a revolving door as far as, as coaches up there. So Chad, uh, you know, grew up in the falls, like I said, has young kids in the program. I don't think he's going anywhere as far as he's going to be in town. So I'm hoping for the sake of their program that, you know, he can maybe put some stability at least at the high school end there. Um, and, you know, they can, you know, produce some results and get, get Bronco hockey kind of back to, to where Bronco hockey can and needs to be. And then on the Hibbing side, you know, that Willard, the Connor Willard we talked about in a previous podcast, he was ineligible for a while because he was at a, uh, playing at a private school in South Dakota. So, you know, heard his name a lot last night. And then some young kids on that, that Hibbing team, uh, Tristan Babich, uh, on on the plays defense sophomore and seen a lot of time on the power play playing the top of the umbrella a little bit they kind of rotate into an umbrella sometimes uh the goalie uh Braden Boyer had the shutout uh great game and then AJ Lehman I got a special spot for actually kind of all three of these sophomores because I did coach them uh when they were like mites and mini mites but this uh, AJ Lehman got his first goal, uh, varsity goal last night so I thought that was pretty cool and I awesome. thought I'd mention that very cool all right. Very so, cool. No, that's awesome. You always got to spotlight these guys when we get their first goal, and hopefully somebody passed them as puck in the locker room. Yeah, yeah. I just, like I said, I was kind of watching. I was like, you know, and the thing is, they were just such little runs. And like this A.J. Lehman, gosh, he's got to be 6'3". You know I mean? They're just, you know, they're, they're you know, for boys for to sure. men, right? You know, and they're just huge, you know, some of these kids. Now, especially when you see them on the skates, I'm looking on the ice, I'm like, how could this even be? But, uh, uh, yeah, so they're they're all growing up, and like I said, they're in the high school ranks now, and and uh, here we go, so to speak. Um, all right, so we're gonna we're gonna jump off of high school hockey just a little bit and bring you bring all of you up to speed on a couple of items with NCAA Division One hockey. So we've got a couple of changes. We'll take them one at a time here. And one change for this year, if you weren't aware, is if you're a freshman uh, this year, you can come in, or or if you were in juniors and wanted to come in, 
if the coach, of course, would let you. But you could play your freshman year this year in NCAA Division One hockey, but not lose a year of eligibility. So it, it, you know, you start looking at things and and putting things together for the future. There's a lot of interesting scenarios that could possibly play out. And and Reed, I just wanted to kind of see what your thoughts, opinions, good, bad, and the ugly are on kind of what's going on here with with this you know, COVID, I guess you'd call it kind of COVID change to NCAA. You know, I think it's a good rule. I I actually like it because you get into a situation where maybe you can retain some players. Uh, This, this COVID deal has hurt everybody. It's hurt business. It's hurt kids. It's hurt colleges. It's hurt college sports. And if there's something that they can do uh, to help the programs a little bit, I think retaining these kids uh, the best that they can. And if that means giving freshmen another year of eligibility, so be it. Because I think on the other flip side of things, um, that's not going to put so much pressure on some of your NHL draft picks to have to stay. They, you know, these guys get so attached to their program and, and we'll, use Scotty Perunovich as an example. They, they get so much pressure from the NHL uh, after their junior year, after their sophomore year, you know, because their draft, their draft protection to that team ends after a certain period of time and then they become an unrestricted free agent. So if, if they put pressure on you after that sophomore year, so many, after a certain age, sure. you, you have to make a decision. And if you don't go, then you go unrestricted and you kind of roll the dice a little bit like, okay, I better have a good couple of years or nobody's going to pick me up then when I'm unrestricted. So that takes a little bit of pressure off of guys like Scotty Perunovich. You know, hey, uh, you get attached to your college. You do, you get attached to it. You don't want to leave, but you get pressure put on you from the NHL to come and do that. They, they tell you, okay, well, if you don't come now, this might be the best contract that you're going to be able to sign. Uh, you know, two years from now, you get an injury or you have a bad couple of years and maybe the next offer is not going to be as good. Um, but you have some pride to your college. For instance, I'm sure it was a really difficult, uh, difficult decision for Scotty to make the decision to go and take off the NHL after still having another year left of eligibility. Right. So with, with that being said, that takes some pressure off of some of these seniors like, hey, you know, I'm not going to be leaving my team uh, in terrible hands. Uh, me knowing as a draft pick, if I leave, I know that some of these freshmen are going to still be there for an extra year or it, that puts the coaching staff of the team in an okay position, in my opinion. And, and I think it's good for everybody. Yeah, see, I took the, a little bit of a different. I, I, I agree with everything you're saying. Those, those are interesting points. I, I, my, my thought was the process of getting into Division One hockey now. So you've got a bunch of freshmen that are going to, again, be freshmen. And so what, how does this bottleneck junior hockey and potentially down to high school hockey? And because I was actually uh, speaking a, a parent that has uh, a son that was being recruited, you know, did a couple of trips and, and, you know, right to some colleges here in Minnesota and things have kind of gone quiet. And even at the time I was talking to them, I didn't think of this, but, you know, I'm thinking, well, maybe, maybe there's a lot of people that are going to kind of go quiet just because it gives the school another year to evaluate the player because they don't have to worry about any incoming freshman necessarily next year. And and just like I said, kind of how is this going to affect red shirts and just all kinds of, 
of potential bottlenecking you know for next year because um like you said uh if 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 you're not hurried on the nhl side um plus you've got all these you know these freshmen you know what what are the quote-unquote needs for certain college hockey teams next year? It might well, be the recruiting classes, team. like you said, are going to be smaller. So I, I can buy into everything that you're saying. These, these colleges now have learned that, oh, crap, I, I don't have to recruit as many people as I did last year. So now your recruiting classes coming in are smaller. Some of these people that as a college that you've committed to and they've committed to you may have to wait a year to come in. Um, and I think that's okay. Some of these yep. kids jump ship from their junior teams, uh, jump ship from going directly from high school to college when they could play a year of juniors. And I think they're going to get really good experience. If, say, for instance, uh, the athlete that you're talking about had another year of junior hockey to play, but he was planning to go after that first year. Um, it's not going to hurt them to stay yep. and play another year of junior hockey and learn leadership skills as a second year or a third year in junior hockey. Uh, some people will say this, well, geez, at what point in time are you going to get on with your life? You know, get out of junior hockey, start college and get on with your life. Right. Well, and I think, you know, what's yep. the rush? What are you rushing for? We have to rush into college for, well, geez, you need to, you need to get your four years of college done. You need to get a job and get on with life. And I think you're only going to be a kid once. You're only going to get to play hockey once. You're going to work the rest of your life, bottom line. So not all of these kids are going to end up going into into professional hockey. Some of these kids are going to play four years of hockey and then they're going to be done. Hopefully they get into coaching, right? But a lot of these guys, hey, what's one more year juniors going to do to you? It's not going to hurt you. It's going to make you better. Yeah. Oh, I, I 100% agree with you. And I, 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 you know, always fighting people. And if there's any of you kids listening, like, like coach Larson said, you can only play hockey when you're young. I played hockey today at noon and I'll tell you what, I'll be in bed at uh, eight o'clock tonight because I'm so exhausted where if you're a kid, you just bounce back. I mean, I had a lot of fun, but it takes a lot more out of you. And, you know, on the other side of my life, I'm in finance and, and actually there are, there are, they're coming up with all these, you know, life insurance. They need to always, they have these actuaries, these mathematicians. They have to, you know, they kind of have to, to figure out life expectancies, you know, so they can, they can price life insurance the correct way. Well, there's a lot of people saying that these young kids are going to be pushing into the 120s uh, age-wise uh, because there's just all the medical advances and everything that's going on. So bottom line being, you know, if you're 14, 15, 16, you're going to play one more year of juniors and you're going to live to a hundred or 110. You know, if you, if you do the math one year, if you live to a hundred is 1% of your life. So you're going to take 1% of your life, have a great time, meet a bunch of fun people, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you've done it, Reed, I've done it. It's a great time. Uh, I wouldn't be too stressed out about sacrificing 1% of the time of your life um, to go play a game that you love. And like I said, that you can age out of, you know, you can't play junior hockey when you're 29. You can't decide when you're 48. You can't decide when you're 32. Uh, there's a time window that you can do That's it. Up to age just, 21, I'd encourage Puka. you to, uh, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's it, you know, so you've, you've got your window and, and uh, I, I've had a number of those arguments so. with people before it's, you know, I, when you talk about junior hockey, you talk about that. Somebody say, well, why would you want to do that? Why, after you graduate from high school, would you want to waste your time for two years? And then after two or three years, <laughs> then you start college at age 21 or 22, and you don't graduate until you're 24 or 25. And you're not starting in the real world until you're 25. And I'm thinking, why not? Uh, 
what's your rush? Everybody's in such a rush to grow yeah. up. They're in such a rush to get into a career. And I got to tell you, you're going to go to work for the rest of your life. What is it hurting to play a couple of years of the game you love? What's it hurting? I'll never let anybody tell you it's a yeah. rush uh, it, to get into college right now. It's not. Well, exactly. And I, I you know, we're getting a little bit off subject here, but I had the opposite conversation with a parent who we were talking about the post-secondary option and how great it was. And, and, you know, I'm like, you know, I've got four kids. I'm like, gosh, I'm going to need the kids to do the post-secondary. And, and she told me, well, you know, that there, there's some pros and cons there. And, and she went through one child that worked up and said, my other child said, well, she, you know, she did the post-secondary as a junior and senior in high school. Well, then she starts college at 18, but she's a junior. So she graduates from college at 20. Well, she didn't have a clue really what she wanted to do. So she went to school, did everything, then got the job at 2021, didn't like it. So re-enrolled in school and ended up going Weird. another two years anyway because, because, you know, when she was 16 or 17, when she, you know, quote-unquote kind of started college, you know, wow. things, things change a lot between a 16-year-old and a 21-year-old, right? You know, so, you know, there's two ways that you can look at that junior route and say, oh, you're wasting time, or you can look at, you know, you can look at the, the you know, this case of all this college she did that ended up being a waste of time well that's what i say too because like you know what the other piece of it is too is you're hearing this from a high school teacher okay i you can't ever get back those two years of high school that you missed you can never get them back those kids that want to go post-secondary i have nothing but respect for you you're you're in trying to increase your knowledge trying to get better edge you know what could be considered quote better education i don't really know if that's the truth or not but what i'll tell you is is there's no better time than being in high school being an experiencing you know, going to the hockey games or going to the football games your junior and senior year, being part of homecoming, doing all of those school spirit types of things. And, and when you go post-secondary full-time, you don't get to do those. You, are you still going to go to prom? Lots of right. times you're not in school to meet the person that you're going to go to prom with. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, like I said, I, I, I'm with you. I just don't think there's, there's any rush. And it's not just – Sports wise, I mean, you know, like I said, some people do the militaries, you know, that the wasting time arguments kind of same thing. What about the people that do, you know, do four years in the military? They waste their time. Obviously, they they learn a skill and they do they have the military behind them and such, you know, on a, on a resume. But, you know, it's just, you know, and like I said, for for some of these life expectancy charts of these these high schoolers these days, I mean, they're, they're going to live a long, long time. And like I said, 100 years old, one year, one percent of your life. Uh, well, in the, in the name of time, Miss Coach Larson, why don't we we're, we're going to talk on that division one, the other subject. Sure. Why don't we just push that to next week? Because we kind of we kind of went off the train tracks here. But I do want to leave some time here for some games that you're kind of got your eye on. Uh, yeah, we, we've got this, a few that I, I've got my eye on that. Uh... We can roll out there for the Northland here. Uh, a big area in a big Section 7 AA matchup uh, tomorrow night at the IRA Civic Center. Always a big rivalry between Grand Rapids and Duluth East. So that's going to be a good one tomorrow night. Um, we'll have uh, this game, this next game, uh, International Falls at Virginia. We will have that one on my nine tomorrow night. Bob and I will be on the call for that one. That should be a good matchup, as you've seen the Falls has had a, a couple of good games. They beat Greenway 2-1. to one. Then they lost to Hibbing 2-0. to zero. And now going into Virginia, that's going to be a battle between those two teams. A couple of higher range teams duking it out. Mm -hmm. um, also, on, on uh, tomorrow night, you've got Hermantown at Colcasco Carlton. So that'll be a good one. It's the battle of, you know, the all-powerful Hermantown single-A team 
and the double A Cloquet area team. And I think that's going to be a good hockey game. Uh, and then Eveleth Gilbert yeah. uh, at Superior. And of course, Denfeld not going to be having a game this week. Or next yeah, week. right, right. Yeah. Well, best wish. Yeah. Best wishes to everyone there at the Denfeld program. Uh, you know, hope, uh, you know, hope things uh, get straightened out and you will be able to complete, not only just complete the rest of the yeah, season, but sure. co- complete the rest of the season without another, another pause, you know, so. All right. Well, with that, we will wrap up episode number four. Just wanted to give a quick shout out. A be happy belated birthday from yesterday. The great one, 99. Wayne Douglas Gretzky. 16 years old. <laughs> born on January so cool. 26th. 19. Come on. What is it? Oh, you're asking me? Yeah. Are you asking? Oh, so 60. So what? 1920. So. 71. Uh, what, what is 19 what? 60. He's 60, right? Well, he's 60. So yeah, 70. It gives you 40 years. Well, there you have it. So 1970. There, yeah. So night, yeah. And that's, it's. No, yeah, 1960. Yeah, whatever I said. Yeah, 19, not 1970. So, um, but yeah, just you know, I actually just saw something on Facebook that uh, it was, you know, Michael Jordan's about the same age, and it said something to the effect, uh, uh, it was like a meme, you know, and said, "Hey, Michael, do you think you could beat the Le- LeBron's Lakers these days?" He said, "Yeah, I think so." He said, "What do you think the score would be?" He said, "Oh, we'd beat them by a couple of points." And the reporter says, "Well, why do you think only a couple of points?" Well, most of us are sixty now. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, there was a little video that I watched and I put on my Instagram page yesterday. And it was it was interesting because they were throwing out some of the stats and some of the things about the great one that were just amazing. And one stat that sticks out in my mind is that um, if Wayne Gretzky never even scored a goal in the NHL, he would still have more assists than anybody else has recorded points. I know, just unbelievable. We were blessed to be able to watch the, you know, watch him on a on a weekly and nightly basis. There's Love no it. question about it. Yeah. All right. So, if all of you, like I said uh, earlier, if you could please subscribe or share, we appreciate all of you listening. And like I said, let's get the word out. Uh, you know, episode we're, we're young yet, only episode four. We're really trying to grow this thing and bring you, you know, kind of kind of the news and commentary every week uh, of hockey here in Northern Minnesota. Also, don't be afraid to check out the show notes once again and go visit some of our friends there who are helping us out on a weekly basis. Uh, get out there, as always, and be your dream. You're tuned to the Tea with Miss McGill show. A production of Goat Sports Media, LLC.